underscore Rosenberg podcast coming to you live and direct from the lab on this wonderful, gorgeous Saturday night. I got to tell you, it feels like, you know, the perfect temperature for a Jamaican in October, especially in the U.S. Because right now I'm usually suited up, getting ready to go, apple picking or whatever, but it's T-shirt weather right now. SQR podcast. We're coming to you live and direct from the lab, blasting off with something classic. The music you're hearing is available on our SoundCloud. Stay tuned. You can go pick that up. Score Rosenberg Radio on SoundCloud. And tonight we're blasting off something classic. You know, it's been a minute since you heard from us, but we're starting off with a full blast tonight. I want to take a moment to thank everybody for tuning into our our last show. And also, big you up for tuning in tonight. I want to give a big run across to everybody that's in the house tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Manny behind the camera. I want to give a big shout out to Liz and Theo for being in the audience. My boy Damien. Big shout out to my boy Cheese being here. Eric holding us behind the scenes on the camera. Manny and what's of course Ellie holding us down on the sound. Thank you so much for being here ladies and gentlemen. We're in for a classic moment because tonight my guest is not only accomplished. My guest is not only affluent, my guest took the, tro- the, the mission to be here tonight. So let me just take this moment to put a big round of applause together for my guy, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. You know what's so funny is uh, when we took you up the elevator and you walked in, what was your impression? I was getting ready. <laughs> just, just get ready. No, but you, you walked in and that Rick James was playing in the background. Oh, I started to shake and shimmy. That's yeah, no, 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 I respect, no, because you know what's so funny? It, it showed that you're a master at what you do. Because by doing that, it made the whole studio just way more comfortable. Got it. As a guest walking in. So I want to salute you for doing that. Oh, my pleasure. Back so at you. So thank you so much for being here on um, Squirrel Rosenberg Radio SQR podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, as we get ready to learn and, and dissect who you are, I, I, I have to sound like a broken record and, and just give you the major salute for taking the time out. I know what your schedule is like. I know how hectic and busy you are, but you said yes to the invite when Manny extended it. It's my pleasure, my pleasure. So as we get ready to um, walk through the life and the movement that is titled Jeffrey Jones, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones, and I gotta say this, you're the first honorable guest Ooh. that we've had on the show. So Ooh. thank you for breaking that, that, that barrier. I feel, um, I feel so, <laughs> I feel so. <laughs> you should, you should. Because you know, this is the, 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 the podcast that could and would and will. You know, okay. So we're, we're going to be making some moves out there. So as I get ready to jump into your story, I, I'm so fascinated. And you know what's so funny? Let me take this moment to give a big shout out to the Patterson Police Department. I can always count on those ad-libs. The minute I open the mic, there's a, a fire truck going by, or you know, it's so it's so predictable. Yeah. However, got it. The Honorable Jeffrey Jones, sitting here, I am fascinated about your story. I want to know what was the family makeup like, where you guys are from, the journey you took, the 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 winds, the falls, that have now driven you to make the impact you're making, and mm. the things you've experienced. Hmm. Okay. here in our world. So let's dissect that and get microscopic here on Squirrel Rosenberg Podcast, SQR Radio. Let me ask this. Your parents, are they originally from the U.S.? Uh, they are um, sons and daughters of Southerners, Phoenix City, Alabama. Wow. And they, uh, mom and dad, my father's deceased. Uh, he unfortunately passed away in 1996 at the age of 60. Wow. Um, my condolences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned to uh, cherish his memory and his expressions and his focus, and um, we understood from our conversations when he was amongst us that um, they didn't leave Alabama to come to New Jersey because this was the promised land. They left to escape the hardships of Alabama. Wow. What's so funny is um, when you mentioned that there were parents of Southerners, mm-hmm. I wanted to hear where in the South. Mm-hmm. Phoenix City, Alabama. <clears throat> right in the heart of racism and right in the heart of the civil rights movement. And had they not left, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a more than 60, 70% chance that my father or my uncles, because his six brothers and sister all had to leave, um, may have found the bad end of the uh, uh, situation. It's just the way it was at the time. 
let's let's get a let's let's slow this down because um, we tend to not understand the so, the shoulders we stand on. Yeah. You know, when you were growing up, were there stories that were shared about some of the experiences? Oh, absolutely. Um, so let me let me just try to capture this picture. Um, in the South, um, we may see them as movies, but the hardships that many of the folk who lived in the South where you knew what side of the street you would walk on, you would not raise your eyes and look at someone uh, out of fear of some kind of retaliation, both to yourself or your family. Cross burnings are real. Mm. Um, you knew which stores to go into. Uh, you would have an account in that store. Um, and you'd have to step to the side when other folks came in and you'd be served when they got to you. I mean, this is real stories. This is the real truth of, mm. of our family's history. Um, and yet in the same breath and, and scenario, um, our family was able to amass land and we had it. We had land. I, I can't tell you how we got it, but we had land. And much of the land was also taken by the federal government. Um, for highways and roadways, and mm. they would take eminent uh, domain. Eminent domain, and so we still maintain the family does not Jeff Jones and him, but the family. Many of my relatives still live in uh, those parts of the land that we owned, um, and since then we have folks family in as far north as Buffalo. Uh, we have a lot of folks in the Cincinnati, Cleveland, Ohio area. We have a lot of family in North Carolina and Georgia. Uh, and other parts that which I may not know. Right? Let, let me um, let me slow this ride down. And um, I'm fascinated by you grew up in the Alabama. Well, I grew up in Patterson, born and bred here. But every summer, our trek was to ensure that we understood and that we didn't break the lineage. We went, we packed up in the cars, and my uncles and their kids. We would <clears throat> ride down the south in a caravan for safety. Now, just to make sure it's clear, uh, my father would not pack us up. Mom would sit on the, driver, on the passenger side with a box, and then it would be sandwiches and soda, chips, and whatever the case is. And we sat, the four kids, um, one would sit in the hump in the middle of the impala. Yeah, yeah. The three of us would sit in the back with a blanket. And each of the seven or eight cars, plus we had cousins who would fly, drive down, and we'd drive from New Jersey um, and I think it was 695 because we couldn't go on the normal beltway. Why not? But, well, <clears throat> if you went to certain states like Virginia, Maryland, um, they would pull you over. They would pull you over just because of the color of your skin. They They're would, doing that now. They, they were doing it. It was a lot worse then. And if they wanted to impound your car or do whatever they wanted to, they would do it. So that was our story. That was the life we lived. Um, Dad wow. got arrested. My uncles got arrested. We sat in the cars while mom and aunties would go and bail them out. And then we made our way down to Bama. We'd get there. We'd hug. We'd see cousins. Um, we did the picnic thing. We saw the despair because there was despair. Um, um, we would understand where we came from. Um, one of the classics about Phoenix City, Alabama is red clay dirt. Mm. You go down with a brand new pair of sneakers and then coming back red. Yeah. that that. But that was the story. That, that red clay dirt was used to make the red clay bricks. Was there an experience during that whole journey? Is there one thing that stood out to you during that time? By the way, how old were you at that age? Oh, we were, well, from birth. We would travel, you know, from the time we were born so that my every grandparents. Every summer? Every summer. My grandparents would not be denied the opportunity to see their grands growing mm. and we would also have to go because my mom's mom lived in a brick house because my grandfather on my mother's side was a master carpenter he helped build the state house in alabama okay wow my father's mother and father they had this home it was um you know it wasn't as stately as grandma's house but it was the home mm. big king-size bed stood about maybe three or four feet off the floor Four of us would sleep in that bed. <laughs> Grandma would make cakes and pies and chicken and whatever else. And she how, would she, how, how would she be so, and I hate to use this word, but how would she be so affluent and be, you know, be able to 
afford the stately home and, and that type of lifestyle. What did she do? Well, my, my maternal grandmother um, worked at, um, it's a military base down there, but my grandfather was, as I said, he was a master carpenter. So, mm. uh, you know, as society is, there's the haves and have nots. And our family scenario, we had both conditions. Um, but paternal grandmother never suffered because she had six boys and a girl and they would always send money. Oh, And okay. of course, every year, I'm just telling some of the story, they would sell off trees and the trees on the land were worth money. Wow, right. wow. So, so we weren't, well, we were poor and didn't know it, but compared to others, we were not poor. poor. Right, right, right. And you know, so funny, as, and thank you so much for taking me on this ride because mm -hmm. as we tend to grow and understand you know, where people and the different circumstances they come from, we, we tend to forget some of the stuff we discussed. And once again, big shout out to the Patterson PD. You guys are count, you guys are so reliable. Um, anyway, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with the Honorable Jeffrey Jones, jump into and dissect a little bit more about the dynamics that have made him who he is right now. SQR Podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones. The back of these messages, one. Rosenberg podcast coming to you live and direct as we kick back and just understand and really under appreciate where you're coming from and microscopically you know I, I tend to love you know hearing all the ingredients that go into that gumbo to make who we are who we are and the experiences one of the things I'm fascinated by is your knowledge and awareness of the circumstances that your grandparents, your parents were subjected to, and the fact that you guys risk. Why would you even go back south if you know it's going to be that much of, it's like the seal jumping off Seal Island to go swim out for fish, knowing that the great whites, and what an anal analogy, right? The great whites are there to just, you know. I, <clears throat> the best way I can describe it, my mother-in-law, um, who's from Trinidad, um, sought to bring opportunity to her kids, five boys and a girl, my wife. And they stayed in Trinidad while she came to make a life for them. <clears throat> you can't answer the question as to why, she just had in her a spirit that where she was, the opportunities may or may not be there. <clears throat> so she sought. In our scenario, our case, it had to be that my father and his brothers realized and recognized through their birth all the way up that they were maybe a gunshot away, a lynching away, a scenario away. And we needed not to be living in New Jersey and the Northeast believing that we were, we've reached some kind of promised land. We needed to be aware that um, sacrifice, commitment, all that good stuff is a part of it. Now, those weren't the words he used. He would say, my dad would say, and that's the way I raised you. Score Rosenberg podcast. Dropping, when you say something profound on the show, <laughs> we call it dropping a jewel. Okay. Your father or your grandfather just dropped a jewel right now. Say yeah. that. What would, he, what would he say? Dad would always say in the, I mean, it was his way of, he had a third grade education. He used to work in the fields. He used to work in the fields. So the highest education he attained was third grade. Mom, required, mom was, uh, was able to acquire her associate's degree when she moved up here after. But dad had to work, as did my uncle's. And so um, his statement was, well, my assumption is when you don't have the ability to communicate as you would like to, we all were told to go to college and do that stuff. You have to have the ability to pierce the psyche. Mm. And so his point was, and that's the way I raised you. So that mm. you can have an excuse in life, but he's gonna tell you, but I raised you that way. So there's no failure. Mm. There's no um, headiness about what you think you've accomplished. I raised you that way. What's your father's name? Paris Jones. Let's give a big shout out to Paris Jones. RIP, I know he's not here with us right now. I mean, PJ is his name. PJ. That's what they call him, PJ. Wow, because right. it's fascinating to hear the impact. Because my father did say a couple of things to me. One of the things he said to me, don't think. 
because <laughs> every time you think you're wrong, you know, well, I thought, you know, don't Got think, it. you know, but, it. you know, but I, 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 and what's so funny when he said that, I know he wasn't planning on making such a delible mark on my life, right. but your father did the same. So I want to give right. a big shout out to that because in our society, we don't hear fathers making those impacts. And to your dad too, shout out. Yeah, let's just toast these Heinekens. Mm, that's right. And that's right. To the dads. That's right. First teachers. First teachers. First teachers. Another another jewel being dropped for <laughs> Rosenberg podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So as you, what's, what's the? So you have mom and dad, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. Yes, yes. Um, there are three boys, one girl. Sister's the eldest. My brother, who just unfortunately experienced a stroke a year and a half ago, he's one year older than I am, and then my myself, and then my youngest brother. Wow. Right. And what was that? What was that dynamic like? Well, uh, because I'm curious to I, you know why it. why like why are you doing what you're doing? That's what I'm going to get to. I got but, it. But, 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 I hear where you're going. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and this is just from a, a then young man's perspective of being what we call the knee baby. So in the South, they called it. My sister was the eldest, then my brother, and I'm the knee baby. And then my baby brother was the baby. So that's the thing. So I'm the knee baby. The knee baby. I was the knee baby, and he was Gary, my oldest brother. He was very much um, dad's stand-in, mm-hmm. whether he wanted to be or not, and that was all of my cousins. The oldest son is the stand-in. Okay. And his job was to keep us out of trouble. His job was to career us while daddy made the living. Mm. And so um, he obviously, m- much of his childhood being the eldest and the uh, sort of stand-in, he didn't have much of one. He had the best he had. He always got what he needed, but he always had responsibility for me and my baby brother. And so um, you begin to look at him somewhat fatherly. Yeah. Okay. And then um, it's it's difficult when you look at him brotherly because you know like you're gonna tell me what to do, <laughs> but that was his job. Yeah. So yeah. he was the uh, and is that that fellow who would say uh, Jeff. I mean, introduced me to dice, <laughs> poker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's supposed to do. Oh, he, he introduced me to it. He introduced me to um, um, style and fashion in terms of pro kids. Yeah, I was, was going to ask oh, you, yeah. like, was he the the dictatorship type of guy, oh, no. or was he, you know, no. the relatable type of leader? You know, um, I couldn't call him anything but my brother. Uh, he was all that, all that stuff that many other folks that I went to school with, grew up with. Um, they said they had a brother, but. I knew what a brother was. It, I, you, I couldn't. I couldn't explain it. Wow. Um, shared, supported, um, encouraged, um, and so if Dad was working, and my dad used to play baseball, but when Dad was working and unable to get to us, my brother was that guy. Wow. And, you know, wow. But you know, it's, it's so it's so fascinating to hear. You know, you 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 know, give your brother the accolades mm-hmm. that we don't tend to do. And why don't we put a name to that? That's Gary Jones. That's my big brother. Big shout out to Gary Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's so funny is um, as you, you navigated those, 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 those years of growing up, what was your middle school transition into high school like? I mean, was he, I mean, t- tell me a little bit about that. Okay. This is when it gets weird. Um, what, what do you mean? Well, I was, uh, according to my mom, I had this uh, propensity for science and technology stuff. I wanted the chemistry sets, the microscope sets. I wanted all the tools. I, I was the fix it. I'd fix the wash machine. Do you know why that? Now that you can take a look back. No, well, I, I can. Was, I, yeah. I got my grandfather's gene. The carpenter guy, I got his gene. Okay. I've got that ability to fix things. I can, I can fix most anything, okay. or at least understand how it works. And so um, school was, was easy. It was um, not really challenging. And um, I was an honor student, at least that's what they said. And, and I say this to say, and I say it with the sort of speculation and somewhat concern is that when I was ready to go to college, I was ill-prepared. How? Well, I graduated the top 10% of my class. And Where did you school. go to high school? Well, I started at Tech. State County Tech. Because oh, big I shout out to PCTI. My daughter went to PCTI. Hey, big shout out hey, to E. We went right, to, oh, yeah, love right. PCTI. I was looking for that adventure because um, I was academically, at least based on what the rumors were, you're the one. Um, go, you're going to be a lawyer, whatever the case is. And so the attention to the details that I, 
may have should have been applied, it was assumed I had a golden pathway. Mm. Of course, when you go to college, college don't care about what they said. They say, read that psychology exam, that test, that booklet, prepare, so forth and so on. If you don't have great study skills, Ooh. and that's where urban education sometimes can be misleading, we quickly label an, a, a student or students as being articulate and smart, and we say that they're honors, and yet when they get into the real challenges and the rigors of education, um, they can be ill-prepared, and study, then it becomes a struggle. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm assuming that many of our young people fail to continue through the process because they find that I'm not ready, I'm not able. We mm -hmm. don't know how to seek uh, support academically. We don't know about counseling. Our parents really couldn't help us. They were like, go to college, and yeah. that was the extent of the conversation. True, true. Um, so, um, so that was my challenge. Um, but you know, well, did you overcome it? I uh, did the, the best, dumbest thing one could do. I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> I joined the Marine Corps. The first day in boot camp, they started screaming and yelling. I said, I made a mistake. <laughs> Square Rosenberg podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Jumping to that whole aspect of the Marine Corps, but what a step. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back after these messages. Score Rosenberg podcast coming to you live and direct as I sit here with the Honorable Jeffrey Jones. Thank you so much for being here again, my friend. My I really appreciate your complete openness with regards to, you know, everything that you've experienced that's I've pushed you to where you are right now. And I can't wait to to get to the to where we are and what you're about to do. But as we, we walk along this journey. I'm fascinated by your transition into the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. considering the um, challenges you were having, and because that would be the last thing you would do. No, not really, not really. Um, what age was this? Uh, this was 18, 17, 17, 18. What's, the backdrop of the story is that I grew up in a household where my father was a fan of baseball, and Clint Eastwood movies, westerns, and mm. army movies. So, if you think about which team were you guys? Which team was he repping at the time? Uh, oh, he just liked baseball. Uh, it didn't matter. He just loved baseball. He used to play baseball for both his uh, employer, and they used to play pickup baseball. Okay, so he okay. was just into it. And remember, baseball was one of the few sports that people of color could play. And if you had some talent, the best you could do was just display it there. Prose was not part of our conversation then. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I grew up watching the John Wayne movies, the hero syndrome. I mean, I, I, I became victim of all of that. I wanted to do something, and I was at a crossroads where I had been let down in my uh, sort of uh, life that um, I'd heard that how good I was, how able I was, both in the church, the community, but when I needed it to matter the most, um, I had difficulty with the study habits and all that kind of stuff. So um, when I thought about it, and part of my psyche tells me that uh, you can make it in the Marine Corps, you tough. Mm. You know, you can do it. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not a big guy. I'm a, yeah. this, this has been the size I've been most of my life. Let me ask you this. Something must have triggered to stimulate the Marine Corps. What, do you remember what it was? What it, was it a commercial late night? Was no. it something you heard? Was it, it somebody you knew? No, the best. There's, there's, there's no distinction, the best. Mm. Um, the Marine Corps now, outside of uh, Navy SEALs, <laughs> I, I don't mess with them guys. Outside of the Navy SEALs, Marine Corps is the best. Um, and it's true, if you can make it there, you make it anywhere. So mental toughness, physical dexterity, the ability under the most extreme conditions, persevere. Um, and yeah, I had something to prove. I, you know, I had something to prove. And yet when I uh, wound up in Paris Island that morning, um, my world got shook. Let me ask you this. Sure. Let me ask you this. Sure. Oh my God, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this. You decide to join the Marine Corps. Right. You're getting dropped off on your first day. Right. Well, I did tell dad and mom, I, out of courtesy and respect, I told them that me and college ain't working. 
and um, I told him I joined the Marine Corps. Now I ain't talked to him before I joined. I did joined it. Joined and then I let him know. Oh my God! But okay. he was okay. He was okay. With can, it. can I can I can I slow this down? Sure. Can I slow this down? Mm -hmm. What day was this? Oh, I don't remember the day I left for the Marine Corps. September fifth, nineteen seventy-seven. That's the day I left and became, you know, Uncle Sam's misguided child. Okay, let's go back from there. When you tell mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, I sat him in the living room. I have something to tell you. Um, now, what I should say is their expectation that Jeff, that son, that kid who does all this stuff, he's going to graduate from college and all this. I was sort of the hope. I get it. My sister was already attending Elmira. State College. Okay. My brother was down North Carolina A and T. Yeah, oh, they're making moves, so you got to make right. Okay. But but my opportunities were limited now because financially, we could not afford three kids out of state. So I wound up going to Ramapo. Okay. And um, big for, shout out to Ramapo College for business administration. Um, and of course, who thought that you'd have to take a psychology class when you go <laughs> business administration? But. That was the first class, uh, poor study skills. And, I, and I, I share this with young people all the time when I talk to them, that you can find your way. That's really what my story is. About, yeah, that about that experience. Personal uh, investment in myself. When I was in, uh, in the Marine Corps, uh, my buddies would go out and party, and I'm in, in my bunk with a flashlight studying. We are in the field doing maneuvers and operations. I'm studying. Um, the day I got to Paris Island, and we were on the bus, um, we flew in, we got on the bus, and um, there's these yellow footprints. And uh, you're in a sleep, two o'clock in the morning, dazed, not sure what's coming. I mean, it's still glamorous. And then the drill instructor gets on the bus, and all you hear is, get up, you maggots! And he just screams, and, he's, and your world just gets shaken. It's really like the Full Metal Jacket oh, movie? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. As a matter of fact, we were the last uh, platoon that they could do physical, um, what's the word I'd call? Crap. Punish, punishment, yeah. They could punch you, they could do what they wanted. We were the last unit that they could do that to. Oh my God. Um, and just before I had a, we had arrived, um, they had marched a platoon of Marines into, um, the beach, a couple of them drowned is what the story goes. But, um, and so Congress enacted laws that said that they can't do that. That's, you know, but I did stuff. I had to walk down flights of stairs on my elbows and my knees. We had to run in the hottest of sun. We had to do push-ups until our arms swelled up. I mean, you had to do it. You had to fight. I had to fight a guy who was, <laughs> he was a natural lumberjack from North Carolina. <laughs> and I was a New Jersey boy with attitude and swagger, I guess. And it was important that they break my spirit because that's what they do. They got to break you from um, civilian world and indoctrinate you into the military, which means you take the orders and you do. You run, you charge that hill. And I was not that guy. I mean, I had a little like, yo, listen, I have self-respect for myself. I, yeah, my yeah, yeah, my yeah. daddy told me, you touch me, I'm gonna knock you. Yeah. I, that's, that was in my spirit. <laughs> so when they um, were, you know, I guess I didn't break fast enough. Um, we were in this um, segment, because you go through 12 weeks. And um, it's called hand-to-hand -hand combat and pugil sticks. And it's a staff. It's got a padded end here. And the red pad on the top represents a bayonet. And so he has the pugil sticks. And you've got these mitts. And it's a, almost like a boxer's gloves. He's padding. Right, right, right. So, uh, drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Lawrence, an African-American, did not like me, and I ain't like him. Mm. And it was clear, and I was belligerent, but to the point, but not over the edge, because I understood. From your perspective, though. Oh, no, because if I was anything other, he would have he had his way, but I never went beyond the point. Mm -hmm, Up mm -hmm. to it, but never beyond it. I did, I'm not saying that I was a genius and figured this out, I just kind of knew that there's certain things I can do. Like you can tell him, F off, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you could always add that right, right there. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that you just shy of belligerence. He didn't like me. He liked another guy. He liked him because he met his sister. Oh. And the guy was from New York, Jamaica okay. Queens. Okay. I'll never okay. forget it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. it's like so yesterday. There's all the dynamics in the all mix. All this dynamics. And um, I also was fortunate that I. Uh, 
I had gone to college, I had a couple of credits under my belt, and I was considered one of those so-called smart guys. Mm, you think you know it all. Yeah, listen, whatever. And that was my attitude, whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. He needed to knock that off my <laughs> face. Well, I'll tell you what, you touch me, you know, I, I'm, this is what I'm thinking. My attitude is you put your hands on me, we'll see. You know, I'm from Jersey, we don't play that. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so he's yeah, like, talk yeah, about it, talk about right, it. All right, then we'll see. Yeah. So I had to do push-ups because he thought about it. I had to do push-ups because he was feeling bad about the day. Push-ups because, I mean, he just dogged me. But that's where I learned mental fortitude. That's what I learned about, okay. Score Rosenberg Radio, SQR Podcast, dropping jewels. Hey, listen. He, he made your life difficult, but he made you stronger. Well, Daddy, PJ, said they can't do anything to you unless you let them. Bong. Okay, so... I, maybe I was wrong to think that applied to everybody, but I made the assumption. I mean, everybody, that includes you too. Drill Instructor Staff Sergeant Lawrence. Mm. You put your hands on me, because you know, listen, I did figure out you can't just touch me to be touching me. And if you hit me, I'm gonna knock you out. It's that simple. Now, this guy is a trained Marine. What was I thinking? <laughs> you weren't thinking. I wasn't, but I'm not gonna be your punk. Yeah. So now we get to this pugil stick environment. And he was smart. I, I figured out what he had done. He whispered to this big six foot four, six five, maybe 270, big, big dude, <laughs> tear him up. And I'm thinking, Lordy, <laughs> I had a helmet on, I had the uh, big pad to cover the, the family jewels and all that kind of stuff. And we square off, everybody's surrounding us, and they're waiting to see Jeff Jones go down. I, 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 you saw it. They, they wanted to see me on my back. And uh, shout out to Patterson, because when you're on the block and you got to defend yourself. <laughs> shout out to Patterson. <laughs> Another jewel being dropped on Score Rosenberg Radio. Go in. Well, the hood comes out. So, um, hey, he was big and slow, and I wasn't. Mm. So I did that, like, stop. He went low and I can't hide. Boom! <laughs> like, nice. I try to take his head off. And of course, it's a football helmet that we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I rung his bell and <laughs> he's holding his head. And of course, the look on drill instructor staff, Sergeant Lawrence's face was like, oh, it was too late. Yeah. I won. That's what happened. I won. Mm. And so. You know, listen. I, I love how you dissect that story because based on what you know, you know, you've evolved into and what you've grown into experiencing, you know, that attitude has transcended through all your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you've went up against some challenges and you've won. Yeah. And um, you know, I am I am I'm interested to know you mentioned your grandfather. Yes. You mentioned your father. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this experience right. and that attitude to be able to conquer, to move through. Okay. Do you think it's a combination of all those men in your life? Uh, well, I've been, I've been extremely blessed that the mentors um, that I've had, uh, my pastor, Reverend Albert P. Rowe, Dr. Albert P. Rowe, my father, um, a gentleman who, when I was a young man, and I later became a member of that fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, they guided me. They, they would call me stupid sometimes. They would, they would not, you know, why you do that, this and that. But um, I, you know, I had, um, matter of fact, in the Corps, there was a gunnery sergeant, Top Pete. He was all of four foot something. And there was another sergeant, Conyard, after I finished boot camp and was assigned to uh, Camp Lejeune. And uh, they treat me like I was uh, the brother and the son. <clears throat> so I've always had that. Um, of course, um, their perspective was, you need to shut up sometimes. You need to not be whatever that thing is you do. <clears throat> you just go along. And I'd be like, whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, when I finally figured it out that they were there trying to help me, things got better. But I don't know you. I don't know that you ain't gonna do to me what Kanye tried. I don't, I don't know you, and I'm here to survive. Uh, but once I was able to see that everybody there wasn't trying to hurt me, um, that there is a brotherhood, 
and and through that brotherhood you can get a lot of things done I excelled. I became a sergeant in the Marine Corps in three years, which was unheard of. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, life was... I salute you for that hey, accomplishment. That was big. Hey, it happened. Um, so the men in my life have been, and some still are, um, um, men who... Um, I guess the, the reality is we all know there's a vacuum of leadership, and there's been one for a long time. And... Moms are moms, but they can't raise boys to be men by themselves. Score Rosenberg podcast, another jewel being dropped. It's so profound. Uh, and I don't want to dismiss. No, we're not. We're I, not. I just want to make sure right. it's clear. No, I don't want right. to dismiss that. I love my mother. If not for her, there's no telling where I would be. But um, the short time I've had with my father, it was that father-son um, the interest that he would play, the encouragement he would do that, knowing that you had a man, you know, you think, and listen, you say something to me, my father gonna come kick your butt. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You knew yeah, you yeah. had that. Got back. Now, yeah. mom would go out there with her slippers on, <laughs> curlers on, and do the same thing. Yeah, 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 true, but true, true. you had dad. Yeah, and true, And my dad true. stood 6'3", so he wasn't no little guy yeah. to most people. Plus, he had uh, five other brothers who carried guns. So. Okay, all right, <laughs> bong, bong, bong. Yeah, so you, 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 you felt the back of hey, right there. It's like that. No, no, I, I appreciate, you know, everything you've shared in the family dynamics because I, I, I can understand understand the fight and the right. grit right. especially with the marine corps story you shared mm -hmm. that has propelled you to be as effective and experienced and dealt with some of the wins and the losses as you've yeah. you know trekked politically and as we take this um break on score rosenberg podcast we're going to come back and jump into the transition into political life Hmm. And, and the impact you've made and things you've experienced, okay. you know, to make you gotten to where you are right now, especially seeing you with Obama during that 100-year oh, flow that we experienced. So, SQR <laughs> Podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones will be back after these messages. Yeah. Rosenberg podcast coming to you live and direct as we kick back and you know getting to the, the, the dynamics of our guest here the honorable Jeffrey Jones former mayor of the city of Patterson among among other things marine father leader please add grandfather Bong! Let's let's salute yeah let's lift our glass let's let's toast to the Heineken to that um, oh yes Let's let's take a break from the dynamics there, grandfather. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My uh, strangest thing is um, my daughter, my wife, and I. We talked to our kids about um, opportunities, future, progress. They went to with uh, with us to school where we were obtaining our degrees, and so that they would be familiar that um, the fears that I had experienced, the challenges would not be brick walls for them. So they were both able to, um, I mean, my son, when he's in seventh grade, he tested at college level. So that was fine. My daughter, she was shy. Let's not be coy about that. Well. Let's embrace that. And, and, and agreed, fully embrace. But you can have all the talents in the world. You can have all the basic mechanics. Uh, you have to decide what and who you are. And I can't make you do it. I can only support your agenda. Score Rosenberg podcast. Jewels are just dropping out the baskets right now. Hmm. And when we when we began the segment off camera, we were talking, and you mentioned a jewel that I said we need to hear. Well, I don't know if I can um, expose it exactly what we talk about, but oftentimes, um, very often, we are searching for whatever that goal is, not knowing what the end game is, and fear and trepidation, whatever the case is, we, seize, we've, we fail to seize the moment. <clears throat> and so um, I encourage folks, you don't have to know what's at the end of the road, just get on it. I mean, it's really, that get on the road. Score Rosenberg podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones. We're just having a conversation about who he is and what he is and the jewels are so applicable because a lot of people don't do that. You know, I'm not too sure, so I'm not going to get on the road. Mm. This podcast that you're seeing, we got on the road. Right. 
And, Absolutely. That, and that's and that's why we're so honored to have you here. So as I begin to dissect and really get into the other ingredients in your story, I'm fascinated by your transition from college into the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. your experience through the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. and coming out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, I got you. Because I, 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 I kind of want to fast forward to dessert. Got it. Which would be how you became the mayor, Patterson. What was that experience like? What were some of the wins and faults there? But I kind of want to slowly get there. Got it. I got it. So, out of the Marine Corps, what's the next move? Okay. One thing I need to say, and I think this is um, so critical. Um, my father and mother were um, staunch believers that you be conscious of where we are and what you are and how you are. So every time Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would speak, we sat and we watched it. Riveted. We had to. But then it became more than just the force sit and watch it. It became the clarity that we are not free in this condition. And so I have seen and watched and uh, almost memorized many times the speeches, but then I began to understand the real story behind what motivated the speeches. I understood, because um, as much as dad and mom would tell us about what they did, it wasn't real, real. It was, you know, I still had dad there, yeah, I had yeah, mom yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But when you saw, when I saw in black and white, big screen TV in our living room, the old box with the TV that wound up sitting on it with the rabbit ears yeah, with yeah, the foil. Yeah, um, big shout out to the foil. <laughs> big shout out hey. to the foil. Hey, I, it is Thank you it for is. taking me back. Hey. No, thank you for taking me that back. That foil worked. Yeah. Don't try that foil today though. <laughs> so um, the, the truth about the challenges that people of color, particularly African-Americans were experiencing, um, it found the place here and here. And so um, I, maybe it didn't formulate itself in such a way that I decide I want to be a liberator or I want to be an advocate. I don't, I don't think that I had that, but I did not like what I saw. I didn't like um, what was, mm -hmm. and it, it got reinforced at the church, my church that I grew up in. And what was the name of the church? Calvary Baptist Church on um, 575 East 18th Street. Um, my pastor, then Reverend Dr. Albert Prince Rowe, um, came from Syracuse and informed us as to our ability as a church and uh, why we need to get education, why we need to do good stewardship, why we need to be part of the community. So, but again, the backdrop, even though we weren't always talking about how we're being oppressed, it was you are oppressed as long as you allow the oppressor to oppress you. Score Rosenberg podcast. Let's just slow that down because this jewel you need to understand. Could you please repeat that? Sure. Um, an oppressor is only powerful when we, the oppressed, feel oppressed. Mm. And we give into their whim, their word, their discussion, their plan, their strategy. Part of those strategies are liquor stores on every corner and we buy. Part of their strategies are you can read and write this, that, and the other, but you won't go and learn this, that, and the other. That you would spend all your money on a $50,000 car, and I ain't mad at you, but you're hungry, you're starving, come retirement, you ain't gonna have nothing. <clears throat> so all those things, the oppressor, and obviously it's institutionalized, but you don't have to. And when you think about how um, urban centers, urban communities, mainly African-American families, were able to break from that challenge, what they did was they made every penny an investment into the church, which became the foundation for educational change and reform, which became the foundation for the civil rights movement, which became, we did it oh, that way, wow. which became the first historically black colleges and university. That's where the seed came from. And, and mm. so, you know, once you know or have a, some clarity as to that's how it happens. That's also how you break the chains. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Then what's our excuse? Squirt Rosenberg podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones, just thank you. Because we need to hear that as a community. Because when you don't understand the impact our dollar have. Right, correct. 
Correct. We've, yeah, yeah, it's green, it's paper, we put it out, we get something back. Okay. Okay. But, but, but it has an impact. It has a tremendous impact. Um, you know, I, I want to dice, I want to get into the, 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 like where we are now, but before I do that, I am curious to understand, is there someone or something that propelled you into the political, into the, I want to get involved, I want to make an impact. If you can think back. Oh, I know, now. I know the moment. I, I actually know the moment. Um, it was the day before I left for the Marine Corps, um, my father sent me up to a liquor store called Manny's to play his lottery and pick my pack of Palm Oil Golds. Remember vividly. On the corner of East 19th Street and 11th Avenue, there's a carport. I know exactly where that is. Right. There's a carport. Ready and Patterson. Yeah. Four guys had, must have just been released from the county jail. There was a, a work bench, a uh, push-up pull, um, barbell bench. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Bench press. Right. They were wearing the garb, which was um, bait, uh, khaki pants, white T-shirt, and do-rag, and buffed up. And as I'm walking, it, it just stuck. Yeah. This, this, is, this is us. This is, what, this is we. This, that could be me. <clears throat> so I go. I travel to Spain, Greece, France, Turkey. I chase a man named the Ayatollah Khomeini. Don't know him from a <laughs> hole in the ground. <laughs> I go to Japan. I'm in North Carolina. I'm in California. I come back to Patterson four years to the date. Four different fellas. This time, gray sweatpants, white T-shirts, do-rags. Busting out, push-ups on the same bench. It was, and I, I and and it was, um, it was a lightning bolt through my heart and my spirit. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I had seven fellows who were my brothers in the corps, and we covered each other. And I knew what brotherhood was. I mean, I, my 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 blood brothers. Yes, I knew that. But this was different. That there were brothers from Saginaw, Michigan. Brothers from Florida. Brothers from North Carolina, we were each other's keepers. And so I understood brotherhood. And I saw it, these four, they came from the same experience and they had to get physically strong to fight whatever. I, I get the metaphor. Yeah, yeah. And I see four years later, the cycle, vicious as it is, doing the same thing. How we break the cycle. I knew about the different elected officials. The church made sure that we, through our pastor, that we got involved in elections. He ran for council, he ran for mayor. And got inspired that change doesn't happen because you sit back and talk about it. Yeah, you yeah, gotta do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I struck out and ran for council. Um, and I forgot what year it was, but we were living on East 25th Street and I lost. I mean, I didn't even make it to the ballot. Um, I went to homeowners. I tried to be smart. I went to all the homes and rang the bells and said, the property owner, they probably are registered voters. This is gonna work. And it turns out. Property owners aren't always registered voters. And that was my, oh. So we've got so many roads to cross here. We, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait it's a minute, just, what, it's just, how is this possible? Um, so um, I got motivated. And I took the adage that um, you sit back and complain and get in the game. So I learned a little bit more about it. I started to talk to people. I started to understand about what the issues were and uh, talk to my family. I'm interested in doing this. Are you crazy? <laughs> but you're gonna do it, we with you. We ride, we die. Wow. And that's how we did it. And so uh, with $3,000, we won the first ward campaign. Um, first time in that ward, we moved over there and I mean, I had worked for IBM. I was doing a commute back and forth from Patterson to uh, Southbury, Connecticut for a couple of years. And, um, and I just got fed up. I couldn't, couldn't take the streets. I couldn't take the, the problems. I couldn't take the decay. I couldn't take it anymore. You know, so I, I put myself out there. Now, the story could be very different. I could have tried and lost and just quit. Yeah. I, I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't know about that, that marine blood, huh? Don't know how to do that. I mean, I just don't know how to do it. Daddy used to say, I don't care how big he is, you find an equalizer. <laughs> Yo, drop that jewel again. What did he say? Find an equalizer. Brick, bottle, stick. I don't care what you find an equalizer. So, and then obviously with some training, equalizer doesn't always have to be a brick. 
sometimes at the mind. So. Score Rosenberg podcast. Stay, yeah, we just, ah, I love that. That's because we, and, and I say we because when, when people look at us, mm -hmm. they think the only combat we can have is a physical mm -hmm. combat. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to sit back mm -hmm. and not act, and not react, but act. Right. Right. Thank you so much for really dropping that 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 jewel so subconsciously. Oh yeah. Because we all have that ability. I have an eight year old grandchild who makes me revisit a lot because she's bright, she's articulate, and Papo. And you can see the mind is going. And so you could fluff it off, you can act like it's not important. She's only eight year old. Or you can deal with Be aware. It and deal with it and give her some support, some guidance, test to see where she's at, see where her thinking is. Stuff that, you know, my parents were struggling, but I don't have to do that. I can talk to her. And so that's what it's about. And, you know, we're seeing, I'm seeing that some folks are actually rising. They're saying that the best, the best dish to serve is opportunity, conversation, and support. Score Rosenberg podcast. So. That's the dish we're serving here. Right. Yeah. That's, right. That's, That's right. exactly the dish. So as as I get to 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 to, to appreciate and and if you notice, and I'll be very straight up with you, as we get ready to wrap on the segment, um, my curiosity mm -hmm. wasn't really a political one. You know, okay. it was more about what it took for you to be where you are right now. And as I take this break, when I come back. I want to close with this chapter, the political contribution and the impact you're making right now on this world. And I have this question that I ask all my guests. Sure. Which I'm not going to tell you what it is now, but okay. I'm just going to drop it at the end. Okay. Which I'm pretty sure you're going to be profound about it, but SQR Podcast, the Honorable Jeffrey Jones, former mayor of Patterson. We're going to take a quick break, come back and wrap with where we are and the impact he's making right now on this world. One. Yo, dude. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey. What can I tell you?